0: practical wisdom from the first leader of the Christian church in Jerusalem. Join me, Pastor Hook, as we study James and how to put our faith into action. James. So the last time we left off, we were in James uh, chapter 1, verse 8. Well, today we're going to go into James chapter 1, verse 9. And I think to just set the stage on this, I'll go ahead and read the scripture. So this is... um, James chapter 1 verse 9 through 11 Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant its blossoms falls and its beauty is destroyed in the same way the rich will fade away even while they go about their business all right. So there's so much here. Um, first of all, the, the James says that people who are humble or in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. Well, if you're in humble circumstances, what high position do you have, right? Because if you're humble, by definition, you don't have a high position. And then he says the rich should take pride, pride in their humiliation. Well, this is this kind of ties in with the Beatitudes of what Jesus said, who blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the humble. Um, why is all of this? I mean, what is James? What is the root of what James is talking about here? Well, I believe that what James is talking about is that, that if you are a believer, if you're a brother in Christ, you belong to a different kingdom, the kingdom that you belong to is called the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of God operates on a different plane or under different circumstances than the kingdom of the world, right? The kingdom of God, um, you, are, you are not judged in the kingdom of God by your wealth or by your power, or by your fame, or the things that this world judges people on. When you're in the kingdom of God, you are judged simply by, are you in the kingdom, or are you not in the kingdom? If you're in the kingdom, and you know that you're firmly ensconced in the kingdom, then you are judged by the kingdom standards. And the kingdom standards is basically, you're all a child of the king. You're all blessed with all rights and privileges of being in the kingdom. It's almost as if, I mean, if you wanted to to put it in terms that, you know, I try to, to communicate this to people. It's like you are an heir to the throne. You, I mean, you have all the wealth. You have all the heir to the throne. You just happen to be wandering and journeying in this place called earth, until you get to your throne, right, and then once once you have, you know, left this earth, you're going to be on the throne with Jesus forever. Not not on the throne, but you're going to be in heaven with Jesus forever. Kind of a kind of a child of the King, you know, with your heavenly mansion and and all the rights and privileges of that. But right now, you're just journeying in this earth, kind of observing, uh, as an emissary from the kingdom of heaven. To, to spread that love and that joy from the kingdom of heaven to everybody that you meet. I mean, that, that's your purpose, that's your mission, that's your future. And if that, if that truly is firmly embedded in your belief of, of who you are, then, you know, you look around at the world and you say, well, that looks interesting and that looks interesting and that looks interesting, but heaven is my home. Heaven is the place I'm going to. Heaven is is the joy and the future that I look forward to. And and you say, well, what you know? How does that change? You know the the amount of wealth or power or fame or whatever drives this this earthly kingdom. And you say, well, it doesn't really, because those are the things of the earth. And if God blesses me with wealth, power, and fame, thank you, Lord, for that. I appreciate it. But if he doesn't, well, then, Lord, I know that it's coming in a future life and I can still live as a child of the king. I can still share your joy, share your love. It's like, yeah, but you're in humble circumstances. Don't you want to be in better circumstances than the humble circumstances you find yourself in? It's like, well, if God were to bless me with that, great. But if God doesn't, then I'm fine, right? The interesting thing about having, let's just take, power or fame. Fame is a good one, right? Fame. Like I, I, in your 30s and your 20s and 30s, fame looks so appealing, I think. But then uh, I think as you kind of move through your 30s and 40s and 50s, you realize that fame comes with a huge, huge price. Like think about all the Hollywood actors that have all this fame. First of all, they have to spend an enormous amount of time and effort and money, uh, and expend stuff to try to maintain that fame. Because if you don't maintain that fame, Hollywood is a fickle place that shuts off immediately. Also, if you have fame, you have to work very, very hard, and if the wealth comes with the fame, you have to work very, very hard to maintain that wealth, to maintain that status, so that you maintain the fame. how many how many Hollywood people do you know that have to um, spend an incredible amount of my, money you know protecting their wealth or hiding it from the government or you know hiding it from taxation I, I mean I don't know if they all do this I would if I was wealthy <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't give it to the government um, How many uh, h- how many bodyguards do they need to protect their children I mean how much I mean it just just think of how everybody me included. I mean, we all think that it would be so wonderful to have $10 million and live in Hollywood. Well, $10 million in Hollywood doesn't get you very far. I mean, you might have to, you might have to really, really work hard to, to, to make sure that stretches out long enough to make sure that your you know, that your brand is protected and that your children are protected and that everything that you have is all protected. Um, because it's, it's, and then you have to, if you do have children, if you're blessed with children, which I completely believe is the biggest blessing that you can have, more wealthy, better than fame or money or power, anything is having children, right? Um, having that love, being being control. We talked about that a couple days ago. Uh, you, and then if you're in Hollywood, what you wanna do is protect your children. So that's, is that pampering them? Well, if you pamper them, what do they turn out to be like, right? It's like, no, I'm not going to pamper them. Well, then they're going to be upset with you because you're not pampering them because there are other parents of other wealthy Hollywood people pamper their children. Um, So, I mean, honestly, the bottom bottom line is, I'm not sure, I mean, it looks great on the surface, but when it really comes down to living that lifestyle, do you really, really want to do it? And and I'm not talking to probably any of you, none of you are going to move to Hollywood and do that, but I'm just, that's an example of what I think James is trying to get here. And, and that is that if you're in humble circumstances, take pride in your high position. In other words, take pride in the fact that you are a child of the king, and that he's given you a mission, and you're part of something bigger than you. Uh, and, and in the kingdom, there are no wealthy people, there's no poor people, it's just all of us who are in the kingdom, you know, the, the living with Jesus forever. And um, I think part of this probably comes back to the Jewish people who um, were, uh, were brought out by God from exile and slavery or from slavery in Egypt and then they came into the Promised Land and once a year they celebrate the Passover. And if you've ever seen a Jewish Passover celebration, they have lots of wine and they sit back in their chair and they drink their wine and they say, we are the chosen of God. He brought us out of Egypt and he loves us and we are his children. And just knowing that you are a child of God gives you the ability to lean back in your chair and act like a child of the king. And once a year they do this. They celebrate the Passover. And then the day after Passover, after they've had all the wine and all the stuff and made the celebration, then it's back to the drudgery of day-to-day living Um and, and, and then once a year again they get together again and they celebrate and remember that we're the king, you know the children of the king and all that but then drudgery hits and they I mean um, th- I think that's where this comes from because uh, it truly is a remarkable thing to say that you're a child of the king that that you that he loves you. Now now the the flip side of this that he's talking about, well, and we can look at this again um, verse 10 but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. So the rich, you know, should take pride in their humiliation. They're gonna pass away like a wildflower. I mean, the rich will not stay rich forever. First of all, they're gonna die. We know that's gonna happen. They can't take any of their wealth with them. So they have to either pass it along to their children and destroy their children or they have to figure out what to do with it. so they should take pride in their. They will pass away. They're going to pass away like a wildflower. So while they're on this earth, um, well, when they pass away, they don't take it with them. It's going to all go away. When they're on this earth, they have to spend a lot of time and energy protecting their position, their power, their wealth, their fame, and all that sort of thing. But how soon that can change too, right? Like, How many wealthy people do you know that somebody's come after them and taken all their wealth? Like Bernie Madoff um, did this Ponzi scheme where he took everybody's wealth and said, I'm going to make you more wealthy. I'm going to increase this wealth. You're going to have so much wealth. It's going to be ridiculous. And then he went and spent it. So all these people that thought that they had a million dollars with Bernie Madoff, you know, all of a sudden found out we have zero dollars. And how horrible is that? Because wealth can be stolen. I mean, this is what Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven because when you store them on earth, uh, moth is moths are going to destroy it, rust is going to destroy it. And if you have any, if you've known anybody that has wealth, they have to work really, really hard to make sure that they're put in places that it can't be taken away, right? Uh, you know, before before the the Great Depression and all the laws that came out of the Great Depression, you know, the FDIC, you could put your wealth in a bank, but but who's going to guarantee that somebody doesn't come in and you know go into that bank and rob the bank? It's like, okay, well then I'll put the wealth. Well, who's going to, you know wherever you put the wealth, who's going to be able to keep that wealth so it isn't stolen? And um, it's like, well, then I will put it in something that can't be taxed, right? I'm going to buy property. Well, Property uh, ends up being taxed, and you know, you buy you buy property and you hold it for twenty years. You probably spend more in taxes than you do, you know, on the properties. I mean, it's just really, really, really hard um, to maintain wealth. I mean, it's just just it's a very difficult thing, and a lot of people enjoy you know building wealth, and so they do that, uh, you know, and then they at the end of their life they have a huge amount of wealth, and then they've got to figure out what to do with it, uh, and it's just. I think when Jesus looked at this, what he came to the conclusion was that, in the end, uh, it really doesn't matter. Because the things that bring joy in this life are more relationships, love, um, and that's why I think he said, give us this day our daily bread, right? Like, Jesus understood keenly that wealth was fleeting, fame was feeding, fleeting. And if you're in humble circumstances, you're still a part of the king. And so um, just, just Lord, help us in our daily struggle. Help us in our daily life. And uh, let us not get too consumed with getting too much wealth or fame. I and mean, I'm not saying any of that is wrong because honestly, um, we don't know what the world is gonna do and you know how government or how other people might try to you know take you know the things that you have uh you know you need to have enough money to to survive i guess retirement you know we have no idea this is what i'm you know i know that in five to ten years i'll probably retire right and um then i'm you know starting to think well what is you know what will medical stuff look like like how much do I need to make sure I've got socked away from medical stuff? I mean, it's never too early to start thinking about that. Well, you don't know, right? If you're healthy uh, and, you, and God blesses you with health, you know, in your older ages, you don't need as much. But if you have all sorts of conditions, you know, then you've got to make sure that you've got all that protected. Well, what if you don't know? You want to protect the high end. I mean, all this stuff um, that you don't know about. And, um, and Jesus said, you know, it doesn't matter in the end you're going to be with me. So it's just, you know, getting to the end. Um and truly the only thing that really blesses you on the earth is the relationships that you have. The the treasures that you store on heaven will be with you in heaven. And what are those things? It's the relationships that you had. Uh you know, it's the it's the the family that you surround yourself with. It's the Uh, It's the good things that you did, what we call good works that you did for other people, the way you helped out other people, the way that you were more concerned about the other than you were about yourself, which is what Jesus preached. I mean, all that stuff stores treasures in heaven. And if it's all about you on this earth, um, and all you're doing is trying to store treasures for yourself, you have no treasures in heaven, then... um, then nothing that you have that you're doing on this earth is eternal. I mean, it's all about you. And when you die, it goes with you, uh, which is a horribly pathetic thing. And I think Jesus, that's what he's talking about. And this is what James is talking about. Look at the kingdom of God. If you're in the kingdom, you're in the kingdom. You're going to be with Jesus forever. The things of this earth, yeah, you might be wealthy and fame and all that, or you might not, but it doesn't matter because the kingdom is very what we call egalitarian. Everybody is equal in the kingdom of heaven. The rich person is as equal as the poor person. As a matter of fact, the one parable that Jesus told was about the rich person who didn't make it to heaven and the poor Lazarus who did make it to heaven. And it was all because of their circumstances on this earth. So um, enjoy it while you can if you're not thinking about eternal things because this is it. But if you are thinking about eternal things, then you have to put on the eternal mindset which is the wealth and power and fame of this earth is not as important as spreading God's word, uh, spreading his joy, spreading his love, being a part of the kingdom and looking forward to the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that's basically, I think what James is talking about because the sun rises with scorcing heat and it withers the plant, and all the beauty is destroyed. I mean, everything in this, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business because um, in, the, in the kingdom of heaven, it doesn't matter. In the kingdom of heaven, it's just the kingdom of heaven. It's totally joy. Um, let's see. <sighs> I'm going to look at my notes here because there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Um, do I want to get into this? Yeah, I might as well get into this. This is um, So on this earth then, the other portion of this is you might be in humble circumstances. Well, who is saying you're in a humble circumstances, right? Because how many, how many, okay, I'll take Johnny Depp as an example because I like Johnny Depp. Uh, he's done all the Disney movies. I, I started watching him with 21 Jump, Jump Street. His, somebody is suing him for money. And, uh, and I don't know, I, I should have looked this up, but somewhere along the line, I, I read that he was gonna lose it all. And maybe he's not, so maybe Johnny Depp is not a good example, but think of a Hollywood actor that gets sued and loses it all. So they're starting over from zero again, right? Well, they're not really starting over from zero again. Why? Because if he walks down the street or if he goes into a restaurant, people, you know, paparazzi, they're all following him around. He's an important person. So even though he may have zero money, Uh, He's got the, you know, the power and the fame and all that sort of thing that kind of surrounds him. Well, who makes him powerful and who makes him famous and all that? I mean, it's the world that does that. I mean, the world chooses winners and losers. And Johnny Depp is a winner in the world by the world's standards, right? Because he's Johnny Depp. And the world chooses who the winners and the losers are. Uh, And so you have to really be embedded in the world so that they can make you a winner and a, you know, make you a winner in the world. I mean, at some level, you have to take off your kingdom of heaven hat and you have to put on the world hat and say, I'm going to do the things that the world wants me to do so that I can become, you know, a thing in the world. And and it's the world that does that. And so. You really have to embed yourself at some level in the, earth, in the world to do that. Now, but the world's messed up. The world is sinful. The world has you know, does things that, that may not be healthy for you because the world operates with a different operating system than the kingdom of heaven does. And so, once you plug in and you know download that operating system and start using you know the things using your body with that operating system, you might get into some trouble um, because the operating system is corrupted. It's it's not a great operating system, and it seems like in our world it's getting more and more corrupted every day that we go on. I, and um, I, the world like take experts, for example, I'm just going to take one example. This is at You know, X, ex- if you want to know how to live your life, you know, you get, you find an expert and they're going to tell you how to live your life. And why are they experts? Well, because somebody told them that they're experts, right? Um, maybe they have a degree or an education or experience or something like that. And they figured something out. And so now they're an expert, you know, they published a paper on it. They, um, they, you know, they went to college and they studied it. They published a paper. They got a grant and funded the grant and they did all this research and came up with the answer that they kind of were hoping they would come up with because they designed the research to come up with that answer and now they're an expert in a field. You know, if anybody wants to know, they they come to them and so they, you know, they they have pride, they have money, they have wealth, they have fame, you know, whatever the field is, right? Um, but it's it's all built around the world. Um the, an ex, a perfect example of this though is um the food pyramid i mean this is going to be weird i know but the food pyramid that came out you know after world war II said what you have to have three meals a day that are equally balanced in carbohydrates fats and um and proteins right there are you know less proteins and and, and that and that's what we you know three meals a day on that is good for you uh, and this whole entire food pyramid came up, was developed by the food producers, right? <laughs> they, they have a vested interest for you to eat as much food, you know, eat three meals a day. I mean, prior to that, like I read the biography of Abraham Lincoln. For breakfast, he would have an egg, he wouldn't eat lunch, and then he'd have a big dinner. That's how he lived his whole entire life. I remember reading that and it's like, how do you survive the day just eating one egg and maybe a piece of toast. Maybe it didn't mention the piece of toast, but surely he had a piece of toast, right? So that's 70, hundred, it's 200 calories. How do you survive on 200 calories? Well, you do because the night before you had a pretty big meal, right? And it carries you through the day. Um, and, uh, but we're told I was, when I was raised up, you had to have breakfast, breakfast, most important meal of the day. Then you have to have lunch. And then you have to have dinner. And if breakfast, lunch, and dinner aren't enough to keep your blood sugar you know, at a standard level, then you have to have snacks between breakfast and lunch. Well, I've looked at the calories of that. There's no possible way I can have as many calories as my body says now that I'm at my age. You know, having five meals a day. It's just impossible. And yet that's what the experts still tell you today, that you have to do that. And why do they do that? Because somewhere along the line, some experts said so, and everybody believes it and all that. And everybody in the world now follows that advice. And of course, now in the last five years, we're finding out through all sorts of medical journals and studies and stuff like that, medical journals and studies, that maybe that wasn't the best advice. Like maybe it's okay to skip breakfast or skip a meal and to train your body to, to do that because when you skip a meal, or let's say you skip a whole day of meals, there is so much medical benefit in that. I think we've talked about that in Genesis, but the whole entire medical benefit of taking a whole day and not eating is so incredible. Of course, if you've never done this before, uh, it is very difficult, it's hard, your body will retaliate, will tell you evil things, it will slap you across the face. But um, but once you learn how to do this, uh, your, your blood sugar becomes more stabilized. Your uh, human growth hormone increases exponentially. Um, you have this thing called autophagy where your body kind of goes and eliminates bad cells that they don't think are useful anymore. And in my case, I'm hoping that's cancer cells because I have cancer as a history in my family. And fasting is one of the things you can do to help get rid of cancer cells in your body. I know that sounds crazy, but that's, I mean, uh, your heart, is healed. Your your uh, liver's healed. Your your uh, kidneys. I mean, all of this stuff is healed by just twenty four hours of fasting. Uh, and yet, the medical people, the people who are in the profession, if you talk to any nutritionist that is an old school nutritionist, they will tell you. I, and I know this for a fact because I had a nutritionist with my health plan. I uh, signed up to have a nutritionist call me, and um, I was talking about fasting and all that, she goes, oh, you can't do that. You have to have three meals a day. And if you feel like at 10 o'clock your blood sugar going down, then have a bag of potato chips, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I, this, isn't, this isn't what I want to do. Uh, so I ended up getting rid of her, but this is what is taught by medical professional people. And um, you know, the horrible thing, or the great thing, is that the internet is a very powerful tool. Before, 50 years ago, we would have to rely on them. And we would not go against the experts because they're the experts. But today we have the internet and have competing ideas of what the experts and we, as sentient human beings, can look and figure out all the stuff we want to. We can kind of become our own expert, which is what the internet allows us to do. Um, and, you, and then you think about you know how much money is in the medical profession and how much we uh, you know we revere people that go and get 12 years of medical training so that they can become an expert in their field and then all of a sudden find out that new research is coming out saying that the old standard ways of practicing things are not the new standard ways of practicing things and their whole you know, paradigm has to shift and some of them can do it and some of them can't do it and they're no longer experts. And Jesus says, if you're a humble person, just be happy that you're humble. You know, if you're rich, it's not going to last forever. In the kingdom, we're all equal. And yeah, we set up people to be experts and to be powerful and famous in this world, but all that's fleeting. And if you can understand that, I'm not saying you shouldn't have wealth, power, fame, or whatever. That is not the point of this. The point is that all of that will someday go away. And what you're left with is your humble circumstance. And in your humble circumstances, you can't get much more humble than lying dead in a coffin going into the kingdom of heaven. But when you get there, Jesus is gonna wrap you around his arms and he's gonna look at you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. All the stuff of the earth that you did to love me, to be my hands and feet, to, to spread my joy and love around you, that's gonna stay with you forever. And everything else that you did isn't gonna stay with you forever. Uh, and all the stuff that you did, you know, the power and the wealth and the fame you had on earth, it doesn't translate into heaven. Heaven's going to be a different paradigm shift. And that's, that's something to consider. Uh, I'll leave with one last story. You know, we, uh, I was part of a retreat that went to a monastery in California, beautiful monasteries on Mon- Monterey Beach. It was out on this, it was elevated on this hill. It was a monastery that's chapel out jutting out into the ocean. And then they had this monastery built around it. Because whoever donated that land to the monastery 500 years ago thought it was a beautiful place to have a chapel, and it is. Um, but today, I mean, that, that property is worth $50 million, right? I mean, you just you, and anyway, they've got this monastery. And, um, and you stay in a room in the monastery. Basically, you walk into the room, it's, it's got a bathroom, a toilet, a sink, and then there's a door that separates that from a bed a table, a chair, and a rack where you can hang your clothes. And that's where the monks live. In, they've got extras. And so you get to stay in their living quarters. But that's, and, but you realize that's all they've got. Maybe three or four changes of clothes. Uh, a place to write stuff on a desk. Uh, you know, And a place to go to the bathroom and take a shower. And that, that's their whole entire life. That is all that belongs to them. And you just sit and you contemplate that for a minute and you think, you know, I I I could do this. <laughs> I mean, I I really to spend my whole entire life, you know, in prayer with God, to you know, or to read books, or to write books, or to, you know, to 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 grow your relationship with the creator of the universe or whatever, I mean it, you, you, it, it was a mind shifting thing for me to realize that a lot of the trappings that even I have, even I have, cause all of us, right. I, I always thought I lived an austere life, right. But I don't really live an austere life. I, I have all the things of this earth, right. Um, but I, I'm not Hollywood or whatever. So yeah, I guess I am, you know, I'm not that, but, um, but I could get rid of all of it and still be a child of God and still be in the kingdom and still have a lot of happiness and maybe even have more time to pursue the things of God that stores up treasures in heaven, I don't know. Anyway, I think that's what James is getting to in this section and I think we'll leave it there. So let's, let's close in prayer. Dear God, um, thank you for bringing me into your kingdom and that I'm your child And because of that, I have all rights and privileges. And anything in this world really doesn't matter except you. Help me to contemplate on those things. Keep us safe over the weekend and bring us back safely. In Jesus' name, amen.